0: Welcome to Sports, Clips, and Politics, with your host, Ben Husong and me, Sean Oh, Welcome to episode 82. A, uh, uh, is that me? I hear music. Oh, uh, you know what it is? It's playing. <laughs> it's Rumble playing on my. <laughs> sorry, sorry, folks. We need a new people IT ki- department. People-, people kill me. I-, I kill myself. At least it played. Welcome everybody to episode eighty-two. Our our first. Uh, I got them open like twelve times here. Oh my god. At least it's working, Ben.
1: Welcome to episode two of of, uh, Sports Clicks and Politics.
0: Okay. I'm back to episode 82 of Sports Clicks and Politics. I am Sean Hannan, joined as always by Ben Husong. Our virgin uh, voyage on Rumble today, uh, not going seamlessly, but... (laughs) Welcome to the program, Mr. Song. Thank you for joining us.
1: What in the history of our show would make anybody suspect this was going to be a seamless transition? Probably the
0: curtain behind there with the doorknob showing. Oh, man, my bad. You're outing us. You're doxing us. You came in late. That's your fault. I know. Well, if you guys are seeing us, I don't know if that is uh, working or not, even though it was playing on my computer because I have it. I heard it multiple times on mine. But um, We are live uh, over on Rumble because we are suspended on YouTube. Probably getting banned. Probably going to be permanently suspended here within a matter of days, um, if not weeks. But uh, I think may I have told people on the interwebs that we were suspended for a week. But when I went to look and set up the live stream today, it had our suspension in effect until April 18th, Mr. Song. Three months. I like it. And that's not even part of their official guidelines. So we're unique. We're special. We I, were suspended special.
1: I, I have an odd pride in this. Like... I love the like the reason they gave us for our strike and one week suspension was spreading misinformation. Medical misinformation. Medical misinformation specifically about the COVID nineteen vaccines, and what they describe as medical misinformation is anything that goes against the consensus of local and state health departments and the World Health Organization. Why bother? What? All right, so anything that I point out to say, hey, it seems like the vaccines are okay, but they really oversold the efficacy, and there's no way it's going to be 90% effective. That was medical misinformation that got us banned. So sorry, folks, I guess this one's on me, never mind the fact that I was, you know, correct in that assertion. I'm assuming that's what got us banned.
0: Yeah, listen, I, you know, I'm not going to try to go I said this to you, I'm not going to go back try to through, and delete videos because every single one of them probably said something that would go against some of their community guidelines, but that leads me to believe that eventually they're going to catch up to us and I don't have a way of I'm not going to go back and delete all our videos. So I've uploaded all of our videos back going back to uh, July of 2020 one maybe i don't know i loaded up i uploaded a bunch of videos onto rumble so we will get to the end of the uh, show we'll talk more about uh, our move to rumble and kind of what led up to this but <clears throat> a long kind of extra day weekend uh, mr hugh song but a very eventful weekend uh how was your weekend
1: my weekend was depressingly sad at the end but good up until then it was a good weekend it was until it was night.
0: yeah no i mean we'll get into the uh the nfl and the the greatest game ever played is that I, fair I, to say i mean it's close i mean you're throwing perfect games at us the week before so i mean might as well just throw hyperbole upon hyperbole
1: I'd see you, you gotta uh, you're you got. not the though. only
0: person who said that and i'm not even sure you said that I but i've did. heard other people say it
1: I, it was i've said it was one of the greatest football games i have ever watched and it was a depressing one to have your team come out on the short end of um especially in such a heartbreaking fashion that only the Bills or maybe the Browns could have pulled off. Like it wasn't straight incompetence. Like how Dallas ran a QB sneak with 10 seconds to go. It wasn't, it was just mind blowingly terrible game management at the end. When you're, when you're up 13 points or excuse me, when you're up three points with 13 seconds to go after the heroics back and forth by both teams. And for some reason, Number one, you don't keep keep the kick in bounds. You kick it through the end zone. Okay, I get the argument. Yeah, I mean it's fifty
0: fifty, or maybe even not fifty fifty. Yeah, but I, I, get I it. if somebody argued me like, okay, well they have a great returner, and we don't want to give that one chance to put a ball in their hands. Okay, I mean I didn't see Tyree kill back there. He wasn't. Which, it was praying. so, and he's 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 legit too. Don't get me wrong. But sure. But that's the only. To me, that's the only reason to kick it out of the bounds. Yeah, I like, mean, kick it through if I feel like think you're, you're, you're scared have of the return.
1: Squid kick, just kick it high in the air and try to land it at the ten. Yeah,
0: I mean the squid kick just ensures that somebody's going to touch it. Right. So like you need somebody to touch that and run three or four seconds off there. I'm guessing they're not. I mean, maybe they were all instructed the team there to grab the if they did squid kick just to grab it and take a knee and you know whatever. Which is fine. Fine, but you would have run a few seconds off. So what happened, and everybody saw it, was 13 seconds was just enough time to get two plays and a field goal off. Oh, it wasn't just enough time. three plays.
1: They had had four seconds still to go on the clock when they called that last time out.
0: And so, but if you run three to four seconds off the clock during a squib kick and those other two plays happen, you're probably out of the, you know, Kelsey can't run as far on that other play because there's less time, right? So they may, if there's less seconds, if there's only seven seconds left on that last play, there, there may not be time to get a play and a field goal off.
1: I agree with that. I mean, listen, more frustrating was...
0: They had timeouts, but...
1: They had three timeouts. Yeah. But what was more frustrating than the squib kick, don't squib kick, was... The fallback prevent defense just concede a 30-yard gain to Tyreek Hill on the first play.
0: The first play, I would actually be like, okay, let him get one big play on us first. But the second one, you're like, okay, they just got one big play. Let's not get a second big play. Right. And they just let Kelsey run free basically 15 yards down the field before anybody really was close to him enough to make a difference.
1: I'm sure Levi Wallace is like a good dude and a halfway <laughs> decent human being and everything else. And I mean no personal animosity or disrespect toward him. Who the hell were you guarding on that play,
0: yeah, was that the guy in the far wide? He was corner? outside of Travis yeah, like Kelsey. He, I was like like like, yeah, he was guarding the out. Yeah, right. I'm like, who cares at that point?
1: Let him take the out. Yeah. He's outside of field goal range. You yeah, gave him right. the middle of the field yeah. and let him run for 20 extra yeah. yards. I mean, there
0: was obviously it was, you know,
1: my God. It, so much happened.
0: So much happened in the last two minutes of the game that I could see people's brains just being like overloaded, being like yeah. super sensitive, whatever. And like they're just like, okay, don't lose the game, don't lose the game, don't lose the game. But they lost the game because they were don't losing the game.
1: Last year, when they played in the AFC Championship game, Andy Reid and Steve Spagnolo just flat out out coached Sean McDermott the whole game. Like they just they were they were the better team. I know it was close, but they were the better team. This year, it wasn't as obvious, but when it counted at the end of the game, they again just out-coached the Buffalo Bills. And I don't know if that's McDermott. Brian Dabble's game plan was just atrocious. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are missing their starting safety. Uh, one of their cornerbacks, like, their their secondary is depleted, and we decide, you know what the best strategy is now? QB sneaks like every other play, and then we'll just run Devin Singletary into the back of the line. Like, the guy hasn't run the ball all season decides today going against the Chiefs, whose front seven is fully healthy in there, but the secondary is depleted and goes, they'll never see it coming. He might have coached himself, Brian Dabble, may have coached himself out of the head coaching gig next year with that performance. After how amazing the game plan was against New England, as soon as Teron Matthew went down, has a concussion on like the first play of the game, how do you not immediately go, hey, Josh, great news for you, bud. Sling it and have fun. Gabriel Davis scored four touchdowns Uh, like they were doing whatever they wanted through the air. The shame of it was it took them until there was three and a half minutes left to start throwing the ball. They just kept trying to do runs over and over. And it's, it was mind boggling. Like this is not what they're giving you. Stop forcing it. The pass is there.
0: Oh I mean, I only watched the second half, which obviously was just enough for me. I actually watched the very beginning and then the second half, but yeah, I, <clears throat> I mean, I listen, I was fixated on the game because it was such, such a great game. The back and forth was crazy. I think there was, what, 25 points scored in the last minute, 49 or whatever it was. Um, I've heard people talking about the greatest game of all time. I mean, I've listened to some, you know, I remember – even games that don't seem all that important back in the day were great games in the moment. I remember the like there was like a Chargers Dolphins game that I remember being like unbelievable, like shootout, like back and forth, yeah. crazy. I think it maybe ended on a hook and ladder or something kind of crazy play. So I mean there's been some crazy. I mean I think of the Steelers Arizona Super Bowl. I mean oh, that was a freaking crazy game. So I'm not sure that this is like the greatest game I've ever played, but I mean, you know, it was excellent. Well, with the recent bias factor,
1: yeah. it was the greatest game ever. But again, I, I Right now it's fresh, so it still feels that way. But it just was two minutes was too much time. I knew the game wasn't over then. When they gave the Bills a minute three to go, I still said the same thing, like still not over. And even when the Bills scored, I was like 13 seconds, three timeouts, and a field goal is not an impossible feat for this team.
0: Yeah, no. And like I said, obviously they proved you right. So, But all the, uh,
1: like, on the first play, seriously, why, why was the game plan not? Hey, everybody get up on the line, and as soon as your guy takes his third step, tackle him. We're just going to burn five seconds off the clock. We're going to give them the five-yard penalty, and we're going to give them the automatic first down in exchange for five seconds. On the second play, back up, play prevent if you want to. Just don't give up the big play. Give them 20 yards on that play, and then tackle them in the middle of the field. Yeah, I
0: mean, to me, it was the Kelsey play that was just like...
1: If you guys get a chance, look at like a still shot of where Levi Wallace is standing compared to Travis Kelsey. You will want to throw your head through the television as you're watching him... Take away the outside. Yeah. Like, of all, you're a professional cornerback, man. Like- I mean, listen,
0: I'm, told, I'm assuming he was instructed to guard the guard the, the sideline. I'm just, you know, at but, some point, you got to see the guy running naked in the secondary, one of the best players in the league. They so,
1: this is the two timeouts. Give him the outside. Yeah. Let him get out of bounds. Right. No, Who cares? I, I'm with
0: you. I'm with you. And so, we obviously, we've uh, touched on a lot about the Bills Chiefs game here, but the whole weekend was pretty exciting in general. I mean, I think all three games ended on. Last second field goals—is that right? I'm trying to remember now. At least the two that I yeah. watched were
1: yeah. The, they, they were all great. Uh, this is why all the all, NFL the, all is. the road
0: teams except the uh, Bills. Yeah, we don't got to talk about that. All right, sorry, it's okay. But uh, however, weekend for the NFL, um, you know, the New York State probably raked in a bunch of money betting. I know they took some money from me because I had Bills plus two and a half and the two and a half and the over, and that didn't work out for me. So, uh, so we get two uh, AFC Championship game or AFC Championship game, uh, Bengals Chiefs. And the NFC Championship game, Niners Rams. Who's you got? Uh, I'll go
1: with the Rams over the Niners. And I still think the Chiefs over the Bengals. No, no disrespect to the Bengals. They are a phenomenal team. But
0: so you say Rams, Rams, Niners? Or no, Rams, uh, sorry. Rams, Rams, Chiefs. Rams, Chiefs. And who yeah. you got?
1: Uh, I'll. I'll take the Rams just because I'm still very angry at Kansas City right now. I can't think about them winning a Super Bowl at this point. I'm still very upset about that game. So I like
0: those picks. I'll be rooting for the Bengals.
1: I'm rooting for the Rams simply because of Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Like, Matthew Stafford spent the better part of his amazingly talented career in essentially purgatory of Detroit being just wasted. And it's he's always seemed... You never heard him complain. You never heard him whine about it. He just showed up, did his job, put up ridiculous Yeah, people used numbers. to blame
0: him, too. Like, he used to blame him for the reason. I was like, right. uh. <laughs>
1: right. Whatever. Obviously, he's the problem. And so, listen, I'm kind of cheering for Matthew Stafford. Like, let's go, old man. Let's, and I, I think the reason why is because I remember when he was young. Like, I remember him being drafted out of Georgia. So, the fact that he's the old guy now is making me feel like the old guy. And, like, you know what? Get it. Well, all those,
0: all those Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Buffalo Bills conspiracy theorists are out, out the door. They thought it was all the NFL was conspiring to get all those teams to play each other.
1: Uh, you know, the
0: Garoppolo, former New England backup, going to play the uh, the Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady's out, and then supposed to play the Bills in the Super Bowl. He's out. They're both are all out. No conspiracy uh, today.
1: I mean, listen, if you wanted to, like, the NFL would love to have the Chiefs and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. There's the, yeah, no question, but. Yeah. Uh, the Rams aren't a bad substitute. Uh, San Francisco, I I'm still confused how they're winning.
0: Yeah, I mean they. I mean I like Shanahan as a coach usually in general. Sure, but I'm kind of with you. If you look at the talent, Elijah that Mitchell roster, did win me about two hundred bucks because I had him for the uh, two weeks ago as the highest rusher of the weekend.
1: If you look at the talent on the roster of the 49ers compared to the other teams, you would say probably the fourth most talent or maybe third behind above the Bengals.
0: yeah they're above the back I mean, their defense is definitely i mean the Bengals yeah, are coming there are coming on you know they have a lot of young players especially on offense but i do think the niners defense is pretty legit um jimmy garoppolo is trying to throw the ball to the he's, other team he's he's the, he's the game manager guy right you so will we'll never
1: see. No, did you watch this game did no. you watch home there was like four times when he threw the ball and it hit the packers defender in two hands and fell to the ground mm. and all four of them as soon as he was throwing the ball the guy's calling the game we going oh don't do that but you could see it that far in advance. If this man was point-shaving, you wouldn't be able to tell. Because it was literally four times. And I only watched about half the game. And it was four times that he threw the ball, that it should have been intercepted. Two of them should have been pick-sixes. One, he missed through so badly that the quarterback overran it. Never mind the receiver. The receiver didn't have a chance. The quarterback couldn't get around in times it was thrown so poorly. Well,
0: must be easy. Not not a, we got to factor that into future cold-weather games for Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Yeah. Sorry.
0: All right. Anything else on the NFL uh
1: I saw a stat that will just completely solidify that the NFL is the king of not only sports, but all television. The increase in people watching the Saturday evening game, which was this year, the Packers 49ers, was up 10.1 million from the Bills Ravens Saturday night playoff game last year. So Saturday night of the divisional round of the playoffs, Bills Ravens last year, Packers Niners this year, 10 million more people watched it, which is that 10 million person increase is more than the number of people who watch the NBA Finals. So there is more new people coming to watch football than there are people watching the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Football is king for sure.
1: Football's crazy.
0: Well, you brought up uh, NBA. Did had you, you remember? You are old enough to remember John Stockton, yeah. Of course. Do you have you heard he's in the news?
1: No, I was seeing that and I was confused.
0: So John Stockton, do you know where he went to college? No, Gonzaga.
1: Oh. How
0: about that? So, John Stockton, maybe the greatest player ever to come out of uh, Gonzaga?
1: Arguably, sure. I can't name anybody else, but I. Uh, who's
0: the kid with the cheese ball mustache that came out? Morrison? Sure. Zach Morrison, I think oh, his name was. Oh, it's Van Morrison. But, yeah. No, Van Morrison's a singer. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Anyway, Morrison, the guy with the cheese ball mustache, he came out. He was like a top five pick. Yeah. Not, not the best player in come Gonzaga. On. John Stockton is the best player in Gonzaga. Clearly. Guess who was banned for not wearing a mask from all Gonzaga basketball games? <laughs> John Stockton. John Stockton. So he's very anti-mask, very anti-vaccine as well, it turns out. I've uh, never liked John Stockton more in my whole life. I used to hate the dude in the NBA. Very pointy elbows. I mean, listen. Bad uh, shorts. And didn't really care for the guy. Now, I think he's great. I grew up playing basketball. I was
1: actually not like a very good player, but I was a respectable high school basketball player as a white kid who loved the NBA, loved basketball. Like, I didn't love John Stockton. He gave me hope. Like, I thought I was going to the NBA when I was really young. When I was, like, seven and eight, I was, I was convinced. And John Stockton was, like, my hope that, like, yeah, see, I could do it. And then Steve Kerr, and then, you know, reality struck. <laughs> and I really I wasn't going to go to the NBA. And, it, and it, I would love to be able to say it was simply because of my race. That, that, that might be a lie. It, it might have just been complete lack of talent. But we don't got to talk yeah. about that. So, John Stockton refusing to wear a mask, good for you. I support you. Refusing to get vaccinated, uh, like I said, I am completely indifferent. If you choose to get vaccinated, God bless you. If you choose not to, God bless you. I'm just, I don't care anymore. I'm happy.
0: I'm sorry that he got banned from Gonzaga. Yeah. It seems, I mean, I'm assuming he had pretty good tickets, so he's going to be a noticeable absence as they uh, move forward there. But I don't know. I felt like that was a uh, little sports uh, side bit there that I thought was interesting. Um I don't really have anything else in sports. That's, uh, what about your, how's your crypto?
1: Um, uh, you know, dipping.
0: <laughs> so you guys probably, uh, if you know, we pay attention to crypto here over at the uh, sports clicks and politics and, uh, over the weekend was one of the, uh, deepest, uh, dips, uh, in a while anyway. I mean, uh, Bitcoin got down to, I think 33,000. Almost, yeah, the, I think thirty-three thousand and change, a little bit. So
1: Ethereum got was twenty-two hundred-ish. Okay, it, yeah. It got I mean, out. it was
0: it was everybody. I feel like I saw at one point uh, $1 dollars was erased from the uh, market cap of uh, crypto, which is a mind-boggling number to reach one trillion, let alone lose one trillion.
1: No, I didn't lose that much. So. Well, bonus. <laughs>
0: there you go. Uh, I will see that uh, many cryptos have bounced a little bit here. Um, if you guys look over, uh, I guess it's Ben's head. You'll now see. Uh, a uh, little Bitcoin ticker is up at 37300 and so uh, I looked up again. Yeah, it's up I, there. Thought, I keep thinking
1: you're going to have this. I had it over going. here
0: before. Now it's over there. So, you're, you're so good. No. Try to change it up for the folks at home. Uh, so we will keep track of that. But, uh, yeah, all things crypto. I mean, this obviously piggybacked on a gigantic dip in the uh, stock market as well. And then a rally, crazy rally. What was that all about? At the um, what Was that on Friday? Or was that when no, it was yesterday? All
1: right. I got to preface this. It's been the last couple of days. Okay. Technically, I am a financial advisor. None of what I'm about to say is financial advice. Please do not listen to any of this and think that I'm telling you on what to do with your money or advising you in any shape or form or giving my best guess on the future of the stock market. I'm just going to lay out a, you know, a few coincidental things. So there's these things called blackout periods in the stock market where private corporations... Sounds hot. Are, <laughs> they are. <laughs> that was a really sick joke now that I think about it. <laughs> Anyways... Um, So there's blackout periods and what happens is there's times they usually last about two weeks where corporations are banned from buying back their own stock. This one happened to be coming to an end this past Friday of you had a two week period of time. So it was like January 5th until the um, 20th or whatever it was where corporations were banned from buying back their own stock. Now, Stock buyback is when a company will go and borrow money at these historically low interest rates and then go to the market and buy their own stock back from the general public. And they buy it back at market price. Now, laws of economics would tell you if the supply of something goes down and the demand rate stays the same, what happens to the price? Usually goes up. If everybody still wants milk and the milk supply is cut in half, what are you going to do? You're going to pay more basic laws of supply and demand. So as they buy this back, this jacks the price up, some would argue artificially and doesn't actually add any intrinsic value to the company, but I'm not here to comment on that. And then all these CEOs and CFOs and CTOs and board members all get their bonuses based predominantly on stock price. So that jacks the price up. They all get their bonus and then eventually it balances back out and they just go buy more of it. So this is a widespread phenomenon, and my issue is there's so many things, so many moving parts involved in the stock market. Am I telling you that entirety of the stock market downturn over the last week is because companies didn't or couldn't put that money in that they normally put in? No, some of it's based on a fear that Jerome Powell might actually cut or might actually cut down on how much money is being flooded into the stock market. And that would be bad for the stock market. Not, not overall economic policy because well, right now the stock market continues to go up no matter what, because they're basically putting $110 billion a month into it. It's really hard for that to go down. So if that, if they were to bring that down at the same time, companies couldn't buy back stocks. And so therefore that was more money that just wasn't funneling into the stock market as normal, those things combined, plus some Omicron fear, although I, I think that was overhyped. I don't think people are that afraid of Omicron. Um, but, yeah, and, and obviously inflation concerns. People are worried and probably worried. Do right you give
0: so. any credence to the uh, idea that Peloton and Netflix are crashing because the pandemic's over? No. They're just uh, bad fundamentals or something else?
1: No, listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Because
0: they were both down huge. Yeah, huge.
1: Peloton, I do worry about.
0: They got some leadership issues, I feel like, at Peloton, but
1: listen, Peloton I worry about because I do think Peloton's growth was entirely due to the pandemic because the small I don't know how small it is, but it's a subset of the population that actively works out regularly enough and commits to it for gym memberships and in those programs. I happen to be married to one of those people. Like I'm not one, but I happen to marry one. And it's it's a different life that I can't really relate to whatsoever. But when they could not go to their gym, Peloton was a very natural response. It was you couldn't go spend money, so people were saving more money, government stimulation stimulus money was coming out, you had enhanced unemployment, and you couldn't go to the gym, so these people went out, bought Pelotons, and did the programs. The problem is now that those are restricted, now that those restrictions are gone, those people in large part went back to the gym and they're less likely to use their Peloton. I think they'd yeah. rather be at the gym. They might keep it, but they're not gonna see it's not like more people. I'm not suddenly going, I really need a Peloton now. I'm also not joining a gym. Like, it's not going to happen. So
0: Yeah, but I think your point is taken at that even though there is a small number of people who are committed enough to, let alone work out, let alone work out inside your home and have the means to make that all happen, and maybe that was increased due to circumstances that you just laid out uh, throughout the last couple of years because of this pandemic, but if, in fact, that uh, there seems to be uh, cracks in that armor of, the uh, lockdowns that maybe there is some for uh, f- thinking that uh, okay Peloton has uh, reached its max and uh, done done its thing. Yeah, I listen. I, Ran you know, its course. I,
1: I have very little faith in the resolve of Americans to exercise regularly on a Peloton bike. That's, I have zero doubt in Americans' um, commitment to sitting around binging television shows doing nothing. Like we will go back to that no matter what is going on. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, people are going to keep watching shows. I think the problem with Netflix is, yes, it probably did get a little too. It was very quick growth, and there's some natural pullback. There is more competition than ever before. There's more streaming services. Um, But I I think that Netflix, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, all right, this is the Fang stocks. This is what everybody talks about. So if if you're told go buy an S&P 500 index fund, which is what the generic financial advice everybody is told is, Thanks, Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett. Uh, um, Anyways, that's fine, and I'm not I'm not telling you what to do with your money. The the result of that has been because if you look at market capitalizations, how big these companies are, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google are usually five of the top ones in the S and P 500. So when you put money into an index fund, it doesn't. It's not like the money gets equally divided amongst all 500 companies. It's weighted. So as a result of that, there's a disproportionate amount of money that goes into Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google. Every time somebody thinks they're just investing in the broad index, more money's going in that. Now, on an individual basis, it doesn't matter. On a big picture, skews things. So when there's panic and people pull out of their S&P 500 index fund, just like it disproportionately benefited on the way in, it disproportionately hurts it on the way out. So I think that... Everybody always wants one explanation for everything. And the reality is all of this stuff is caused by a multitude of reasons. And I don't think this is any different. I think that this situation plays itself out in the same way. You had no stock buybacks for two weeks from a lot of these companies. You had the fed considering not funneling $110 billion a month into the stock. But Please keep in mind. They're not talking about going to zero. They're talking about going to 80 billion. Like we're not even talking about stopping, just slowing down and people panic. This is going to go really well. Um, and then you also have some of the fundamentals are changing from all this and some of it is fear begets fear and people start to panic and they overreact. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Fingers crossed. Unless
1: well. you're married to Nancy Pelosi, nobody bats a 1000 at picking stocks. All right? Nobody. That, like, he's the only guy in the history of the world who has managed to never be wrong on stock picks. So, if you go to join the group on, I think it's Reddit, portfolio, uh, Pelosi's Portfolio Tracker. They'll give you great financial advice. They're just going to tell you, well, here's his 13-F filing. Here's what he bought. Go buy it. Son of a gun, he's never been wrong. Shocker.
0: That's weird.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, not really. We should interview him. I would love to pick his brain on how he chooses stocks. That's not. All right.
0: All right, let's switch gears a little bit to our, one of our favorite subjects here, Jeffrey Epstein slash Ghislaine Maxwell. So we touched on this for, like, I mentioned it in one sentence. Uh, I don't know, not not last week, but maybe the week before. Uh, during the end of the trial, he uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and her legal team have decided to cease objecting to the disclosure of names that happened in a uh, Maxwell versus uh, Jeffrey defamation suit that happened a few years ago. So there's been this objection put forth by the Maxwell team that has kept those names silent. She has now withdrew that objection, leaving those names, uh, I don't know, in uh, limbo a little bit here they have not been released yet there's eight names we'd only have we just have john does and numbers associated with those uh, john does now let me give you an interesting thing and let me tell me what you get your opinion on this so let me read you these numbers and tell me what you what's what's not apparent ready these are eight numbers of the of the epstein eight number 17 number 53 number 54 55 56 73 93 151 do you think they have 151 John Doe's?
1: I, I think they have 151 John Doe's of interest to the public.
0: And only those eight are the ones who have been objected to. So the defamation suit, I'm assuming, referred to John Doe's by number throughout the case. I'm not sure all of them have been implicated in this craziness, but there's 151 John Doe numbers seemingly available in the data set that we have, not knowing if there's anything above 151.
1: So this would be John Doe's that are somehow related, not like familial, but somehow involved directly with Ghislaine Maxwell. They were,
0: these names were brought up in a defamation suit, but then were not disclosed to the public. Up to, it's seemingly to me up to 151 names at least.
1: Do you feel a little dirty if you're John Doe 151? Or do you still feel okay about yourself? I mean,
0: at that point, you're probably like, well, listen, I'm 151. I I wasn't number one. This is a weird place to take this. I'm super
1: curious what happened between 53 and 57 and why all of those are so closely in numbers. Yeah, Yeah, that I don't know either. That had to be a group of people. And
0: so, again, and maybe there's some uh, simple, generic, basic explanation for this that You know, I'm assuming to some degree these are probably as they were introduced to the case numbers, you know, like so maybe 53, 54, 55, 56 were all introduced in one time. That's why they're there and must have been some hell of a night, I guess. Um, But it seems crazy that there's such a gap in these numbers and that only these eight are uh, been listed as uh, potential being outed by this uh, defamation case. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting for the folks. Specifically the numbers. But because, uh, the numbers
1: are actually really interesting. Yeah. I, I always get a little depressed when we start discussing Epstein and Maxwell. Yeah. But um, I don't know what number I expected there
0: to be for John
1: Doe's, but I guess there was always going to be a lot. I mean, they were at this I the mean, time. Like,
0: I have like 25 in my unofficial list on my phone of names that I just have a list of just
1: for those of you at home. That's not a joke. He has a list of people <laughs> that he suspects of being yeah, John does. or related the list. to Jeffrey Epstein on his phone. It's not a joke. That's I would almost guarantee.
0: I would like to think that all these eight are going to up on my list, but I mean, 151 gives me pause because
1: you are missing some people. Definitely. And it, based on their track record, these weren't like some retail sales guy no. for, for the AT&T office. I'm guessing
0: these are some of the most powerful people in the world. Like, 151 of them this
1: man did not cater to the average it's not like hey you're a you're a junior partner at goldberg sagala you're gonna go chill with jeffrey epstein and his his um brothel like that's that's usually that's the air up there so holy crap that's a lot of people
0: yeah i you know this has been a couple weeks now since this has all come out. I mean, I think she January seventeenth or sixteenth or something like that. She's when it came out that she basically removed the objection. So
1: until 51.
0: 51. 53 could exist. I mean, two hundred and one could exist can for we all we know. Can we just get
1: that? It, like,
0: never. Uh, I want the names. Just give the highest but number. But you are not
1: going to give the names. Can we just get the highest numbers? So we know how many people we're
0: dealing with. Yeah, crazy times. All right. Well, we'll keep we'll keep you guys updated on that for sure. And
1: that range from. John Doe 17 all the way to John Doe 151 are somehow involved with this. Like, that's a big range, man. I don't know. this. This I got I got to process this
0: more. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I Listen, that, that literally was the first thing I saw, and I was like, 151. I was like, does that mean there's at least 151 John Doe's here, or do they just randomly assign these names? And the only reason I didn't think they randomly assigned those numbers is because we had a succession of 53, 54, 55, 56, right? So, like – if they were just randomly assigning names, I would find it very difficult to believe that four of them would come up in a row. Anyway.
1: The spacing is on. You're right. For, I agree. I, I was, agree. I, I raised my eyebrows,
0: literally. So, All right. Let's talk a little bit about COVID since uh, oh. it's going to be the end-all, be-all of all of our shows anyway. But may, <laughs> maybe some good news first. Yes. So a couple things. and when I don't have any kind of uh, uh, orders. You can kind of uh, – uh, shock in any of this stuff you want to go. We had the CDC came out with a study that said natural immunity is six times greater than for against Delta than, than no immunity. Right. I thought that was encouraging. That got kind of a little bit of a run. Shocking. Yeah. I mean, not shocking for us, but, um, we had like the UK and Ireland, they've removed all lockdown measures. Right. And this is uh kind of building on some other countries. I mean, maybe Denmark. I don't know. There's a couple other ones out there that have started to do this, uh, not Alcatraz down under there, but, um, I felt like that seems like the nudge towards there. We had the vaccine mandate get struck down uh, for federal employees, mm-hmm. so that's, I feel like good news. OSHA. On top of the on top of the OSHA uh, strike down, we have this craziness going on at the Canadian border with all these truckers. Right, they're blocking they're blocking the border. Is that what I hear? Yeah, freedom truckers or something. Just they're needs- like they're uh, they're protesting the idea that they need a the vaccine to go in and out of the country, so that's happening. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've talked a lot of COVID over the last two years.
1: As we're prone to do.
0: I mean, if we didn't, we'd be idiots. Right. So, um, or we'd be doing a crafting show or something that wouldn't touch <laughs> on, on on news. Um, do we think, I mean, we're in New York, right? So we have this, I feel like we're even a bubble within a bubble. So like we have this... We have been immersed in this from the beginning where places like South Dakota, uh, some places out in the, in the, in the far West and Midwest have literally have no idea what's happening here. I, they get it only through news yeah. bites. Right. So um, we've had all this stuff. We, I mean, listen, I think we've for a bunch of uh, maybe conspiratorial reasons have picked, I feel like this spring to be the end of, um, we talked about the bunch of the EUAs. Did you see the, this is a side note, but do you see the monoclonal antibodies EUA we'll was removed? Too. Let's
1: go one thing at a time. What? <laughs> but One thing at a time.
0: So, I don't know. Do Let's start this. Do we think that it's the beginning of the end? Yeah. And, go ahead.
1: Of this version. Okay. Yes, beginning of the end. And this version being what? Uh, the specific SARS-CoV-2 Omicron variant. This will be the end of this. There will be another one.
0: Another coronavirus Maybe. mutation or a whole other monkey disease? Yeah. It's, that's, we're gonna, we'll go there later. All right,
1: fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like that's a, the most... An- so you're just saying that this version is over. This version's... This was like 1.0. We're going to get 2.0. This was too much government, too much unfettered power, too little questions. They'll never let this go. If they know this is all it takes for us to hand over absolute power, it's going to happen again. It's just you have a you have a threat you can't see. This is like the average bureaucrat's wet dream of they need we need them way to better than us. murder hornets. Way better than murder hornets. Like murder hornets are super scary, but you can see them coming and like you could just stay away. This, this is everywhere. It's omnipresent. You can't see it. People genuinely people genuinely still think this is like a mass killer of kids. Like people believe that to their core. No doubt. And people still believe on some level that like their cloth mask is at least doing something.
0: Do you see uh somebody Monsalka like, I find it hard to believe that we think this cloth mask is gonna work on a on a virus that we need an electron microscope to see? Ta-da! <laughs> It's just maddening. All right. So, but at least we've got that too. Like, and we talked about this already, but the cloth mask thing has kind of been broken down, right? People are, well, now they're shipping out free N95s for everybody because they finally figured out that the cloth masks uh, didn't do what they were advertised to do. You
1: guys want to, you got to be, get like six months ahead on the news. The N95s aren't going to do anything either. They're not going to work. No, not even a little. I just, let's just get that out of the way right now. Not going to work. Not going to stop anything because. A KN95 that is not properly sealed and fit to your face complete with a respirator is not going to have any impact on the transmission of an aerosolized virus. You want to know how I know that for a fact? It says it right on the warning label from 3M on their KN95 mask won't have any effect on transmission of an aerosolized virus. So, I mean, this is what's been maddening. Even when, like, you and I have been on... I'm going to, if I can have, like, a humble brag moment... We've been kind of on top of this from the beginning. Like, we, we were
0: very... We've been setting the news cycle.
1: We've. Uh, I had a friend, Joe. He's like, I just... I know it's coming in three months as soon as you take it on your <laughs> show. Like, it's, it's what's coming later. And it's the fact that PCR tests were severely flawed by running them to 40 cycles and we were getting too many false positives. That the hospitalization numbers were skewed and death numbers were skewed because they were counting with and of COVID, no matter what. They were counting incidental cases. That the masks weren't going to work we that transmission was more almost certainly aerosolized that the idea that it was asymptomatic droplet transmission was a crazy notion to begin with
0: like and then yeah and even just pick on that like just as a basic on the mask like point to some place where they worked right everybody tried them that was the other thing like if you if you were oblivious to the science yeah Microns and very, vari- you know, variants and sizes and aerosolized and droplets, or whatever. If you just went and said, okay, well, everybody tried it, so let's just go to the place that did it best, right? Well, yeah. guess what? They all were the same. Everywhere. Like, everywhere was the same. There was no best. They were, I mean, somebody was the best, I guess, because everybody, somebody has to be the best. And it's just like somebody has to be the worst, but there was no significant difference between even close geographical countries, even counties within the same state. Like this has been, It has, not only does the science fail, the implementation and the practical observation just didn't work. And anybody who still thinks that masks somehow work, and actually, you know what? I'm going to take Tim Pool to to task a little bit here because he's been saying this for three or four times, and I'm sure he's listening. He never misses the show. He has been trying to say, okay, well, cloth masks still stop spit, right? I get that. I get what he's saying, but only temporarily. For a short period of time, does your mask actually stop spit? And it doesn't stop all the spit because, and we had Kevin McKernan on who basically outlined this for us, because the mask serves as a barrier to the spit, it actually nebulizes the spit and turns it smaller and basically turns it into aerosols anyway. So whatever droplets slash spit are getting trapped in your mask are only being trapped while the mask is effective, which is while the fibers are dry, which lasts about 20 minutes. And so... Yeah. Does it stop spit? Like if you were coughing and you were sick and you wanted to go out someplace and you were going to be in close contact with somebody and need to put a mask on, I'm like, okay, I guess. If, sure. If actually somebody actually would actually wear the mask while they're coughing or sneezing, which doesn't happen because everybody takes it off while they do that.
1: I don't want to sneeze in that thing. Exactly. That's
0: gross. And so the effectiveness of it is just nonsensical. So like even when somebody says, yeah, it stops spit, I get what they're saying, but it doesn't do anything. I don't care that it's working to stop the spit.
1: If I agree not to spit directly in your face, can I take my mask off around you? <laughs> can, we, can we agree to that? If I got a call for anything else, I'll turn and not stay right at it. Uh, but so I agree with everything you just said. And where I was going, this is we've been kind of on point on this of saying they're coming out being like, well, it's, uh, it's asymptomatic transmission. And then you and I do some research. We interview some people and we come back and we like, it's, it's never been a asymptomatic transmission. That's that's very unlikely. And they come back and they go, well, it's primarily droplet. It's not, there's no evidence it's aerosolized. And then we read a study out of South Korea about a gentleman entering a restaurant with symptoms and infecting five people, 20 people in five minutes, I think was the number. One of whom was 20 feet away. And you're going, that's, that's not asymptomatic droplets. That's aerosolized. And then we read a few other studies, talk to some people who know about this. And we go, it's way more likely that it's aerosolized transmission. That, like, this is crazy that we're pretending like it's not. And so then the testing thing comes out and we go, wait, you're getting all these false positives because anything over 35 cycles is going to have a 98% false positive rate, 97% false positive rate. That's that's bad data. Why would you do that? And then this is what I find genuinely frustrating. All right, this is where I'm going with this point. Eventually, CDC comes out and goes, uh, spreads via aerosolized transmission. Oh, okay, cool. So what policy changes are we making? Shut up get that one ready so then we come back and they say okay you know what we've acknowledged anthony fauci over a year ago on a podcast said yeah now we're seeing that that anything over 35 cycles is not culturable it's not live virus and it shouldn't be counted so what policy change do we make to how we run pcr tests in america right none we still do the same thing except Unless you're vaccinated, then we're only going to run it to 28 cycles. But if you're unvaccinated, we're going to run it to 40 cycles. Well, that's an accident, I'm sure. That's not weird. And then they finally come out and they say, like, Dr. Scott at Scott Gottlieb. I'm going to Scott Atlas. Scott Gottlieb, the former Pfizer or the former um, FDA commissioner. Thank you, FDA commissioner, current Pfizer board member. That one and few- county
0: executive favorites uh, favorite source on COVID.
1: The one. Uh, woman, the female doctor on CNN all the time that's, that's raving and ranting about how this is going to be the plague. Um,
0: Man, and, when. Oh, when, Dr.
1: Wen. Wen, Dr. Wen, thank you. No disrespect or character besmirchment there. My apologies. You're totally reasonable in all your takes. Even they are coming out now and saying, like, they're acknowledging, yeah, cloth masks really don't do anything against aerosolized transmission. And again, we've been talking about this literally for 18 months saying, this is nuts. Like you're wearing a piece of cloth on your face. It's going to have zero actual measurable benefit. It's not going to do anything. And the analogy we kept going back to was, yes, it will stop some, but the same way that if I have a pile of sand that keeps blowing onto your property and I say, no problem, I'll fix it. And I put up a chain link fence and go, well, it's going to stop some of it. Why aren't you happy? Because it's not going to stop enough. It's not going to matter. Like, yeah, it'll stop some, but that's not the goal. The goal is to have a measurable benefit, and that's not going to do it. It was never going to do it. And we got called selfish, crazy, science deniers. Grandma killers. Grandma killers. How could you be so selfish? What's the big deal? And my big thing is I know there are, especially on kids, there are large-scale detrimental effects to everybody wearing masks. And I get that. We're seeing that developmentally. We're seeing that psychologically, some physically. I mean, listen, my kids get rashes. I think one of my kids had a staph infection near where the mask goes on. Like, I'm not happy about that, but I understand if the mask was actually helping, I, w- I would say you got to deal with it. Like, it's not a big enough deal to really interfere with. But the idea that we, we now know this. So they come out and say, well, it's aerosolized and the cloth masks aren't going to work. What policy
0: change should we make? Zero.
1: Nothing. Like, they come out and acknowledge they were wrong. And like we've been saying this policy makes no sense because your assumption is wrong. They come out six months later and go, you're right, that assumption was wrong. And we go, so what's the policy change? And they go, nothing. They came out and said vaccines are going to be 95% effective at at blocking symptomatic cases of COVID. Uh, We read the data and said, no, it's not. There's no way you could say that. This is insanity. You skewed all this data. You skewed your, your sample group to get this. You ignored people that had symptoms. You, you ran this wrong. And there's no way you could draw this conclusion. And then what happened? Sure enough, it just kept dropping. 94 became 80, became 50, became 30, became 15, became zero. Month after month after month. And so you sit there and go, well, what's your policy change? And they go, more like are you gonna are you gonna yeah chip- that's the other thing
0: too is like real quick interjected. so it seems as though most people are like well omicron killed all the vaccine effectively no like that was not the case it didn't work against delta either
1: it didn't work at all it wasn't Ever. going to work because the initial spike in antibodies went way high and it quickly dropped and even though you had some t-cell recognition of the variants the b cells that are supposed to go out and fight it there was no response it wasn't sufficient to meet that so Again, I'm not a scientist, and I can understand this. You're telling me Dr. Anthony Fauci with 40 years of experience couldn't figure this out?
0: Nonsense. I mean, he's got 40 years of pencil pushing.
1: I, I get it, but he's got 40 years more than I do of any sure. familiarity no, with I this subject. You so it's my point is, it's not like I have some unique, brilliant insight and access to information that all these people don't have. They have it. They're just... For some reason, keep going in the 1% exception instead of the 99% rule. And there was no bigger farce. That's not true. But it was a really big farce when they came out and said, it looks like COVID's also, the vaccine's also going to stop transmission. And I laughed when I read that. I was like, you cannot say that from the data. This is the most insane logical jump I've ever seen. Like, you are making so many leaps that you cannot make in any sort of reasoned argument. And sure enough, when it didn't work two months later, well, what did we change? Well, you we still need to get vaccine mandates for healthcare workers because we have to prevent the spread. But it doesn't stop the spread. It barely even reduces it. It all it does is it's one day shorter than you were at your peak um, severity. Not severity, but you able to transmit when you're contagious. When you're at your peak contagious level, instead of being three days if you're unvaccinated, it's two days. And that, this is the best part. There's legitimate doctors time to so, so it actually is 33. It causes a 33% reduction in transmission. No, it doesn't. It shortens the time by one-third, but that doesn't mean that your overall reduction of risk is one-third less. That's a leap you cannot make in logic. It's not there. So I, all of this stuff has been maddening, and it's just the failure to change the policies after the new information is... Finally gotten to the point they can't deny it anymore with a straight face. They admit it, and they just go, yeah, I, I can't take it. I, I Genuinely, I cannot take this any longer of you guys, you admit, you, you acknowledge that I've been right. And again, I shouldn't be right. I'm going against people that have all of the information and are way smarter than me. I should never be right when I disagree with these people. I should be wrong. It's Really, really weird that I haven't been wrong more often. And it's not because we're so smart. It's because if you took the time to look at it, and I understand most people don't have the time or the inclination to look into this stuff, and I don't blame you at all. If you did, you'd realize they've been playing for a specific angle. They had the conclusion in mind, and that's how they viewed the data. Instead of looking at the data and going, wait, the most likely outcome is this is, a, this is going to be aerosolized transmission, well, it could be asymptomatic spread in droplets. Like it could be, but every coronavirus up until now that's not been the way it goes. It's all been aerosolized transmission and most of them almost all of them have never had any asymptomatic spreading. That's just not the way most coronaviruses have worked. Well, it could. I, it, yeah, it, it it could, but that would be very surprising. Well, we better plan for that then. Forget the aerosolized stuff. Let's go put masks on so everybody feels p- fully confident going and standing in a basement next to somebody else as long as they're wearing a sock over their face. And you're going, wait, that's going to harm people because they should be staying away from each other. They should be going outside. And, and, and some distance is a good thing. I'm not, I'm not arguing. And the mask would make some sense in the limited circumstances you talked about. But it's, it's not a, like a, a silver bullet. It, it, it's not meant to be that. And we turn oh, it it's into It's barely this. a band-aid. So now... Anything else you want to say on that part of it?
0: No, unless uh, I mean we talked about changing policies. I don't know if you want to talk about the New York mask changing yeah. policies, So let's it's go there.
1: It's exactly where I wanted to go, actually.
0: Um. So anyway, I'll real quickly. Let me just ahead. give a background, and then you can collect your yeah, thoughts I was trying here. To so, figure out where I was going to go with that. So a New York judge. This happened uh, th- yesterday, late in the evening. I feel like maybe like four or five o'clock in the evening. So it was late. So. I'll just read this uh, first paragraph here. A New York judge struck down the state's mask mandate on Monday, one week before it was due to expire, ruling the governor overstepped her authority in opposing a rule that needed to have been passed by the state legislature. Legislature. So in turn, basically this block, uh, this judge, Judge Thomas uh, Raidmaker of the New York Supreme Court, and real quickly, he's on Long Island, and this is a... a, a, um, In New York State, we do our court system backwards. Supreme Court is the lowest level of courts then the appellate court and then the court of appeals is the highest court. Uh, we, we, we learned all this during the Cuomo stuff. Um,
1: I learned it at lawyer school.
0: <laughs> but so the New York, Supre- New York state Supreme court judge, uh, Thomas Raidmaker basically said, uh, you know, this is a, this is a piece of legislation that on- this would only work if the state legislature passed this. He didn't make any kind of, Determination of the efficacy of masks and whether or not that's just just basically, does the governor and the Department of Health and Department of Education have standing jurisdiction to implement this mask mandate? And he decided he didn't. Um, He said it was unconstitutional they didn't have that jurisdiction. So after a flurry of texts, including yourself amongst a bunch of parents and uh, some people I have uh, connections in with some schools and uh, tried to get some answers to some of this stuff, The Department of Education uh, sent an email to all the uh, schools in the state basically saying, we intend to appeal this decision and to, therefore, our mask mandate is still in effect and you're required to enforce the mask mandate for your uh, students in in those school districts. Now, I saw a list of dozens, uh, maybe 30 30 school districts, at least most of them uh, uh, downstate, had all basically said, we're done with this. It's going to be parental choice from this point forward. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Uh, if you don't, don't, and we're going to move forward. Uh, that has not been the case here upstate. Uh, you can speak to this in a second, and I know firsthand from other school districts here locally that one, I'll call them right out, Faithful Manly is school district. Basically, their superintendent is claiming that uh, the kids can come to school with no mask, but they won't be able to be sitting in class with the rest of the kids, and they'll go sit in a room with parental advice uh, 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 adult supervision or the parents can come pick them up. So basically they can go to school and they can sit there with no mask, but they can't be being educated. Right. So literally dumbness. Um, But anyway, I know you are right there in the middle of all this. So uh, why don't you fill us in on your bit of uh, story with this uh, New York mask mandate?
1: Yep. So essentially what that court ruling said is the previous governor had a emergency powers granted to him via the legislature that therefore he was had the capacity and ability to make these rules on the fly in response to the pandemic. Those rules, or excuse me, those powers expired, and they regranted him some powers, but they were much more specific the second time around with what he could do and what he couldn't do. And then you know he 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 did some things wrong, and he ended up resigning. And Governor, Governor Hochul came in, subject to the same newer rules. And nowhere in those rules was the capacity to issue a mass mandate or have schools require mass mandates.
0: Yeah, I'm reading here, maybe you didn't know, I didn't know this, but it was actually when the legislature implemented new rules about emergency powers, they basically said, we don't want the governor to have the ability to issue decrees. So th- this is actually kind of a new thing. And... it's interesting yeah no but go ahead sorry good for the legislature
1: so here's the thing if you're if you're thinking well it's not her it's the department of health it is the department of education those are both executive branch administrative offices meaning they fall under her because who did you vote for for department of health commissioner nobody because it's an appointed position so as a result their job is not to make laws, their job is to help with the enforcement, enactment, and follow through on the laws that are passed by the legislature. You know, almost like that's how a government's supposed to work. So this judge has, has looked at it and said, there's no way that the Department of Education or the Department of Health were granted these powers under the emergency powers granted from the legislature. They specifically said not to allow decrees, actually, like this is, this is not, they don't have it. So she can't just say everybody needs to wear a mask. They don't have that that authority. Listen, any more than the the Department of Health could come out and say everybody has to wear a hat when you walk outside between the months of May and September because we will reduce skin cancer. It would reduce skin cancer. There's no question. But they don't have that authority unless it's voted on in the legislature. The legislature could vote on that law and then it would become a law. But it can't do it through administrative agency. It's got to be through elected officials. All right. So they this came down, and for the person who's saying like, well, it's just Nassau County, so it doesn't apply anywhere else. I, I see your point. I disagree with it. I'm not going to tell you that, you're definitive, that that defense won't be raised. It will be, but it's a state Supreme Court judge. So it's a statewide office that happens to be housed in that county. So that doesn't carry a ton of weight with me, and I'm sure if this came out the other way, these same people would be saying, look, it's already been upheld by a judge, and they would not be making the same argument. But that's neither here nor there. So this was my interaction. I got the message. I talked to my wife. I talked to my children and said, all right, what do we want to do, guys? Um, here's what we're, I'm going to tell you. I would like you to go to school tomorrow and not wear a mask. Um, got to make sure you're comfortable with it, and I don't want you to do anything that you're not comfortable with. And they were nervous. Like, my kids were understandably very, very nervous about, like, I don't know, what about this? What about this? And we just said, look, I get it. And we're asking you to do something that is against the rules. Um, but the problem is the rules aren't right. And that's that's what we are going up against now. And they were they wanted to not wear a mask. They didn't want to get in trouble. Like, we, we're the household where if they get in trouble at school and they say, well, we're going to call your parents, that's, like, the worst thing that you could say to my child is we're going to call your parents because you got in trouble. Like, we're... We're a little old fashioned in that regard. We're not like my kid is an angel and did nothing wrong. It's like, don't worry, I'll kill him when we get home. Um, so this is an odd, it's an odd position as a father to, to look at my kids and say, I-, I want you to say no. And so we discussed I said, Kristen and my wife and I discussed this at length on, all right, look, we don't want you fighting with anybody. We don't want you arguing. If somebody comes up to you and says, you have to put a mask on, your response is going to be, I'm very sorry but I can't put a mask on. If you really need me to, you're going to have to call my parents and talk to them about it. And that's it. Like be very polite. Don't engage with them. Don't get into a discussion on the constitution or Liberty or, or tyranny or anything else. Just as politely as possible. I'm very sorry, but I'm not going to put a mask on. I'm really sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not going to put a mask on. And you you can call my parents. They said that they'll talk to you about it. If you want to talk, that's it. That, that was the conversation we had. And I exchanged a few emails with, uh, with Mr. Bills, the superintendent of schools, and just said, essentially, um, my kids aren't wearing a mask tomorrow. If you are going to suspend them or punish them, that is your prerogative. I don't, I'm not trying to put you in an awkward spot. I, I, don't, I don't have any animosity towards you whatsoever. But this has gone on long enough. I mean, the, the, we have data from all over the world from all over the country at least, that says these kids wearing masks is stunting their development, is having psychological problems for these kids and, like I said, some minor physical harm. And the problem is, and this was what I, when I finally said this to my kids, I think this is what made it click for them of you're not doing anything wrong by not wearing a mask. I said, look, what you guys don't grasp is kids wearing masks at school is weird. It's not normal. Like, kids all over the country and all over the world right now do not wear masks to school. Your cousins in Pennsylvania don't wear masks to school. Our family in Florida, they don't wear masks to school. All over the place, countries, other countries, would never consider having kids as young as mine wear masks to school. I said, it's it's this place that is weird, but it's all you see, so you think it's what's normal, but it's not. This is odd. This is the exception. And, again, from a policy standpoint, We have all this information. Like we have data from all over the world showing schools not having any mask mandates. As you said earlier, it's the exact same results. So no, I'm not telling you that kids without masks are going to do markedly better at handling COVID or community spread. It's just not going to make any impact at all. It's not going to be better. It's not going to be worse. It's going to depend on the region. It's going to depend on seasonality. And it's going to all be the same because they're not good or bad. They're useless. They do nothing. And now they've acknowledged this. This is, what, this is my point on all this is we, we know that these people are admitting, yeah, aerosolized transmission does, is going to go right through these masks. They're, they're basically just show. And we also have known from the beginning of the pandemic, children are poor spreaders of COVID. It's not impossible. that They don't do it well. And schools, nowhere in the world are schools' primary sources of disease transmission. This has been so thoroughly studied that it's, it's incredible that we're even talking about it. So you have this policy with no discernible, measurable benefit and at least some measurable harm to children. And we just will not give it up. So my children, we drove them to school today. My, I have twins that are in fifth grade at middle school. We walked them up right to the door and then sent them in. And then my younger son, we walked him into his elementary school and said, all right, go. And so far, they haven't been kicked out, which is a plus. But I found it really... I, is we, we made a very public stance on all of this. I, I put everything I wrote to the, I didn't share what he wrote back to me in, in publicly, but I shared what I wrote to him publicly. Um, and my point was, if you decide to send your child to school tomorrow with a mask on, good for you. Truly, do whatever you think is safe and right. If you are thinking about not send, or about sending your kid to school without a mask on, just know they won't be the only ones. Our children will not have a mask on. And if they get suspended, they get suspended. If they get sent home, they get sent home. And I, I the, one, the one thing I told them this morning as we were dropping them off was, listen, you might get threatened to get in trouble. You're not going to actually get in any trouble. They're gonna, they might threaten you that they're gonna do something. They're not going to. So we understand this is uncomfortable and this is hard, but we're gonna do it because it's what's right. We're going to do it because this this needs to stop. And I don't, I don't mean to sound like I'm taking some moral grandstanding or like my kids are heroes or whatever else. It's not. It's just this is obviously not going to stop until people just stop listening to them. So if I want other people to do it, I'm going to do it myself. And I hope other people do it as well. It is uncomfortable. It is odd. It is a you worry about the example you're setting one way or another for your kids. It's hard. I I wish I had a, a better way of explaining it, but they're, they're, the Department of Education is cite, and the Department of Health are both citing this um, Massapequa U, UFSD, I don't know, it's a school district down in Long Island. So in, in response, anything you want to add in before I oh, jump into this, because this is odd and this is something I'm still trying to work through and I don't have it, I don't have this all the way figured out yet. So the judge said, okay, this, they don't have the authority. And the, the lawyers involved and everybody else said, all right, New York state, that this, this is no longer in effect. They cannot tell you. And New York state came out, lied and said, well, we're going to appeal. And once we appeal, we're going to get an automatic stay. That's not the way the law works in New York state. The the stay is not automatically granted in this circumstances. And a stay would just mean we're going to pause. We're going to, we're going to hold off on changing anything. It's a legal term. And. They they acted as if it was a given. And it was never a given. It was never a automatic of you you maintain the status quo when it comes to issuing a stay. If if there's if there was no mask mandate ever, and then the government came out and said, All right, we're gonna make all these kids wear masks, and somebody sues them and says they don't have the authority for this. And the government says, You know what? Or the judge says, You're right. The government says, Whoa, 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 whoa. We think we do, we want an injunction. We want to make them not able to do this. You say, Okay. Well, pending the appeal, it's going to go up to the Court of Appeals. We're going to keep things the way they are, which is there's nobody wearing masks. That's the standard. That's the status quo. Now, I know the last two years have been weird, and then we have all been wearing masks. But that's not normal. That's not the status quo. So, therefore, it's not an automatic that they would be entitled to an injunction. Like the state coming out and saying, well, we're being sued, but we're pretty confident we're going to get an injunction. So, we're just going to... Let, let me
0: read this and then comment on this because this is exactly what you were talking about, I feel like. And then Yeah. So this is from uh Twitter. Uh status quo is maintained pending an appeal. So injunctions forcing someone to do something are stayed, while injunctions preventing a threatened injury or unlawful act remained in place. So there's the stay is different depending on what the right. actual act is. Thank being you. That's objective. the right way to yeah. say
1: that. I I was not going to come up with wording that good.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't either, so I just i'm just reading somebody else's words so um it's to your point it's not an automatic right and their email i read the email that uh the superintendents uh, received as well and they basically said it's going to be an automatic today, which is not true at all so oh, they basically yeah they basically made it seem as though or tried to give cover to the superintendents to be like hey you can just do their thing we got this covered and it's all taken care of at right. the back end kind of thing um but i was glad to see that Dozens of school districts said, Screw that, I'm not doing that anyway. So
1: they have no legal. I mean, if you, most lawyers that are advising a school district are going to say at that point, if it was just a matter of law, listen, if that, as of right now, that law is not valid. So if you get sued by a parent, you're going to lose because that's already been struck down and we don't know what's going to happen. Now, if you're playing politics with it and you're being a realist in this world, you're going to say, Hey, look, You go against this governor and you go against this Department of Education. When the time comes for funding next year, you think they're not going to hold this against you. You're out of your mind. So you better figure out what you're going to do here. And that's the reality of the world we live in. Now, I'm going to read this verbatim because I want to make sure I get it right. It is the state education department's understanding that the Department of Health will appeal the Nassau County Supreme Court decision, which will result in an automatic stay that will unambiguously restore the mask rule until such time as an appellate court issues a further ruling. Therefore, schools must continue to follow the mask rule. That is false. That is a lie. Fake news. That is completely inappropriate for any government agency to even put that out there. And and what they're doing is they're preying on the ignorance of the people because you're talking about complex legal proceedings and case law. Exactly right. Right. I didn't know half of this until this morning when all of a sudden I had to read it. Um, The other thing they claim, and this is kind of where I wanted to take this, on top of they're already lying about what they're entitled to. And this is the thing. The government is a party to a lawsuit requesting the judge give them an injunction and a stay, and then telling all these school districts, you will act as if we already have it. That's not okay. That That is a complete abuse of power by the government, and we should all be skeptical of it, especially when they're lying to people about how to enforce it. Here's the other thing I find odd. And like I said, this is what I don't have all the way worked out yet. They said the regulation is the subject of conflicting decisions insofar as Albany County Supreme Court recently upheld the regulation in Massapequa UFSD, Union Free School District, at all verse Hochul. Now, here's the problem with that. That f- lawsuit was filed in September. I can't find a decision on it anywhere. I've been spending about an hour this morning going over the internet. I've called the government and the state. I can't get to the right department. Part of that's my fault. I don't know who to call. I'm trying to sort through this and figure out, all right, how do I read that decision? Because You know, maybe it didn't quite say that, and the government is maybe misleading you on what that opinion actually rendered. Like, maybe they said, we're not going to see this because Albany County is the improper venue for a Massapequa school district in Nassau County, so we're going to kick it back to there and leave everything in force until they sue in the proper venue. I don't know. I can't find a case. We'll see. But I'm skeptical of the claim. And the other reason I'm skeptical of the claim is because that lawsuit was filed in september and apparently recently decided but the county executive in massapequa county i think it was i got it up i got it open here hang on the relevant county executive just enacted a um executive order to lift the mask mandate
0: so nassau county
1: nassau county is is on january 6th this is this is pre the second outcome too I'm having a hard time connecting the dots on this of if, if Massapequa versus Hochul got shot down, that said that, that, that ruled that the governor does have this authority to do this. And it's the, like it's decided that she has the authority. Why would the County executive sign an executive order that in his own County would therefore be null and void immediately? Cause it contradicts the state level agency that said the county would not enforce mask mandates handed down from the state and ordered boards of elections across the county to vote on whether or not they want to mandate masks in schools. So I, I'm not telling you that it's – all these people are liars. They're all politicians. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. They normally don't do things that they know immediately or they're going to lose at. So if the county executive felt that uh, – I believe it was he, but I apologize. Bruce, Bruce, uh, Bruce yeah, Blake- that's what I thought, Bruce yeah. Blakeman. If he thought, if it was that settled, if the judge had come out as of January 6th when he signed this and said, no, 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 the governor absolutely has this authority, like this is solid law, he would, he would lose on those executive orders the second a lawsuit was brought, and one would inevitably be brought. Now, is it possible? Sure. It's possible. Maybe maybe he's just taking a stand and, and
0: going down swinging. He, he ran on it.
1: I, I mean, it's entirely possible that that's what it is the fact that i can't find the lawsuit the fact that they're not linking anything to the decision like i had the decision on this case the the Nassau county one that overturned the governor's uh, authority 10 minutes after this was announced i yeah. had i had five different people sending this to my inbox like i had i had access to that immediately i can't find the massapequa one and i maybe it's my own fault maybe i just can't find it and it's it's my own incompetence but i, I can't find it and then the fact that Nassau county is proceeding even before the second update, as though the governor absolutely does not have that authority. It makes me kind of skeptical that the decision in Massapequa County actually, Massapequa School District versus Hochul, actually concluded and, and resolved the issue. Like, there's not a guarantee. People sue all the time, and the judge will just not even decide the issue, but get it out and say, look, it's a moot point because of this. Or this is the improper venue, or you don't have standing, or any number of things, or you fail to include the right people. Like all of these things are reasons that a lawsuit would be decided in favor of one party without the party actually be without the question of law being settled. So, am I saying that's definitely what happened here? No, I don't know yet. Stay tuned because I'm trying to find out. And I'm sorry I didn't have it done by today, but I'm working on yeah, it. Yeah,
0: but that's still all weird. And you know, I I read this in the first uh, part of the. Um, uh, article here but we didn't really comment I think is this this mask mandate expires February 1st right so we are literally days away from this and you would think with i mean so I, i'm of the opinion that most politicians and I'll just uh I'm uh stained because I live in New York um so this is basically right out of the Cuomo playbook but hoko doesn't want to lose in the courts, right it's terrible for her for her for PR she wants to end the mandate herself so she can look like she's the one who undid it or whatever. She's going to look like the person who was acting in the best interest of, of, of all things. So I find the timing of it crazy that there's basically a week in between this ruling and the end of the mandate in general. I find it even crazier that they're going to try to re-implement the mask mandate when they know they're going to end it in five days anyway. Like this is seemingly just a political football that they're trying to end up on the right side for public perception and I mean I don't know how you end up on the right side for masking kids but going it seems go back, yeah, going going back
1: ahead. to respond to this. So remember earlier I said we're done with COVID 1.0 soon. Now we're talking COVID 2.0 because if this is the law of the land when this ends anyway, she can't bring it back. But if it's an ambiguous question or settled in her favor, if as long as it's not settled against her, when we have a bad flu in the winter or when we have the monkey covid come through or whatever the hell is next. She can say, no, it wasn't, it wasn't taken away. It was, that was not settled. So we're going to go and we're going to proceed because this is a new emergency and it requires my hands-on approach that this woman had the audacity to actually say masks are the reason we've been able to safely open schools in New York. Really? Oh, well, geez, how did Florida open schools safely? How about Pennsylvania where they haven't been allowed to wear them since like October? They haven't been able to force kids to wear them. Kids can wear them if they want to. What a crazy concept. But all these other states and all these other countries where they have no mass mandates on children in schools, somebody smarter than me, please explain to me how they're doing it without mass mandates. If that's the only reason we're able to do it in New York is our mass mandates, how's everybody else able to do it without mass mandates? What's so different about our schools? And that's what the politicians and all these people in power don't want to have to come face to face with: is that eventually it's going to get found out that you've been lying. And they just—they don't even have to show that they're right. They just can't be proven conclusively wrong. And if anybody took a step back and looked at the big picture, you would be unable to defend masking children. We had a woman reach out to my wife, who's a nurse, and said, legitimately told her, your stance is insane. I work in the ICU, and we've never had this many kids in the ICU during the entire pandemic. Why wouldn't I wear a mask to protect others in school? If If I can wear one for 16 hours, kids can wear one in six. First off, you're a sociopath, but let's pause. Let's just walk through what you just said there. You work in upstate New York, and you have more kids with COVID in the ICU than any point in the pandemic. Sean, what did we just discuss was unique about New York public schools? Uh, Enlighten me. Mask mandates.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Right.
1: So you have more kids in the ICU than ever before, despite all of them having to wear a mask tw- seven hours a day, all day at school. And that didn't strike you as odd. Okay, fine. Number two, wear a mask if you want to. Nobody's telling you not to. Have at it. Go for it. But the simple reality is it's an aerosolized virus. The cloth mask does not stop aerosolized transmission of a virus. And also, the fact that you say you have more children hospitalized and she said, oh, they're not all dying, but some are. That's not true. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. There's
0: literally zero in Annanucka County.
1: Correct. <laughs> you are lying. And I'm sorry that you feel the need to lie about this. And I'm sorry you're so invested in this, this story and this identity that you feel the need to do that. Genuinely, I feel bad for you because... That's crazy. The fact that you would compare yourself as a working professional being paid and signing up for something to work in an ICU where you know that you're going to have to wear a mask in the event of an infectious disease, and a lot of times you're going to get properly fit tested for a KN95 where you got to blow and you got to taste sugar and all this other stuff, and if it doesn't fit perfectly, you got to replace it. That's normal times. I'm sorry. But the idea that you think that's the same thing as making an 8-year-old or a 6-year-old or a 5-year-old wear a mask all day at school around their friends and they that like this normalizes it for them you're a sociopath like yeah. y- you can't be this indifferent to other human beings it's insanity and the, the data is like crystal clear on us it is bad for kids that like it's not causing any Im- immediate physical harm I'm not over here screaming about the tyranny and, and all this it's just a stupid policy it's dumb it didn't work it's continuing to not work and you're clinging to this like a security blankie and you're freaking linus from Charlie Brown let it go. I'm sorry that they don't work. I wish surgical and cloth masks had a meaningful impact against transmission of an aerosolized virus. I genuinely do. I wish that it worked. It clearly does not. And the fact that it doesn't work should be in and of itself enough reason to stop mandating them. If they worked, we could have an interesting discussion on whether it's the government's right and in their purview to force people to wear that that would be an interesting legal discussion. The fact that they don't work should be the non-starter to this agreement. That sh- like I don't understand. We have all the data from around the world with all these school districts where they did not mandate masks. And the results are identical. What basis, other than delusion and hope, are, are you using for making these kids wear masks? Yeah, it's all, it's all political. And it's just crazy. I've got people reaching out to me now telling me, hey, what did you tell your kids? Because my kids are genuinely afraid to go without their mask. Like... That is a level of psychological damage that has been done to these kids. They are scared of an invisible virus that is going. To, they've been told is going to kill them when nothing could be further from the truth. Like, what have we done to these poor kids? And, well, kids are resilient. Don't worry about it. I mean, kids are – no, they just can't express how upset they are. Like, they, yeah, can't, they right. can't manifest this. They can't comprehend how bad this is. Yeah, they been.
0: couldn't put it into words. And even if they could – Just because they can doesn't mean we should, right? I mean, like, just because they're most resilient, like, yeah, they're fine. Throw them in the crick. I'm saying. Like, what are we doing? This
1: is crazy. And I I feel so bad. Like, I don't know what to, I I don't want to be this guy. Genuinely, it would be so much easier to just go along. Yeah, "Yeah, It's fine, whatever. I can't wrap my brain around it of, of like, people do not want to give up the mask. And here's the thing. If you don't want to give up the mask, wear one forever. I don't care. Live your life. Do whatever you want. Stop trying to tell me what to do. Just stop telling my kids that they have to do this because it doesn't work. It's not a matter of how harmful it is. We can all agree that it's some level of harm. I, I personally think it's probably minor. I think the, on a large scale, though, developmentally, we are seeing very troubling trends that are going to have very negative impacts. But, okay, fine. If it worked, we could have the discussion. They haven't worked For two years, they haven't worked ever. This used to be settled science. This used to be something that you would get laughed at if you said, well, you better put a surgical mask on to stop that aerosolized virus. (laughs) like, shut up, Jim. Go home, you're drunk. Like, it didn't work. And ever, I brought this up before, but if you're just new to the show, in Australia, when SARS-CoV-1 came around, 2004, Australia passed a law that said if a company tries to scare people into buying cloth face masks to protect from SARS-CoV-1, we will prosecute them. We're going to prosecute the company for overstating the benefits of wearing a cloth mask. That was how accepted and understood this premise was. And now we're here. Where I I got nothing. I I can't fathom how we are still here. I can't fathom how common sense has not prevailed. But it hasn't. So... I'm not trying to lead any movements. I am just not. That. Listen, if they do get this day and they get this injunction, let me be perfectly clear. Send my kids to school tomorrow without a mask. I'm going to tell them the exact same thing. I'm done. I'm done. I don't care. I, like I can't continue to go along with this insanity any longer. I cannot keep watching adults in positions of authority and power that they have been trusted with abuse those power at the expense of our children. I cannot watch us shield the egos of these sociopathic politicians at the detriment to childhood development any longer. I, I don't have it in me. I have taken it on the chin for as long as I am prepared to take it, and I feel terrible that I don't have a better avenue of, using, of doing this than my children being the ones to not wear masks and having to face the brunt of the, of the pushback. I will do everything I can to shield them from that, which is why the only thing they are allowed to say is, call my parents. I'm so sorry. I can't do it. Please call my parents. But I can't watch this anymore. I can't sit by and watch these people do this anymore. It's just too much, and I I don't have it in me. I'm I'm done.
0: All right. Well, you know what we're also done with? YouTube. So Is it official? Well, I mean, (laughs) kind of. Let's wrap up the show just letting everybody know. um, Obviously, I don't know that it actually worked today, and I'm guessing that it didn't. Uh, Our live show will be moving to Rumble uh same bat time same bat channel 12 p.m mondays is the plan the next couple weeks are going to be a little spotty uh i will be uh we have some scheduling uh, issues that are going to uh we plan on having a show every monday but let's hope that that all works out for a our, lot of confidence uh, being, yes, being yes. thrown about right here. well i mean after today i mean you know i got you um but we do plan on doing that but we do plan on switching uh again I, we mentioned this at the beginning of the show we had a warning Uh, they removed episode 55. We got a strike when they removed episode 60. That gave us a week-long suspension, but looking at the suspension today, it's in in effect until April 18th. So we have a three-month suspension, apparently. Um, I was told that our second strike would result in a two-week suspension. We haven't reached that yet. And then a third strike would result in a uh, permanent suspension. We haven't even got to the second or third strike yet, but we're three months in. So I told you
1: we we're, were on double secret probation. We're heavy lifting. I told we're doing you. some
0: heavy lifting for sure. So, so on that note, please, moving forward, uh, follow us along. If you want to look at our uh, ugly mugs on Rumble, uh, we will continue to broadcast the uh, live audio version to all the places that you are currently listening to your audio version. And with that, all you people uh, listening to that audio version, please leave a five-star rating review. Uh, I think Rumble has uh, some, uh, some kind of system in place, likes or uh, something. So hopefully anybody who eventually sees us will uh, like our video and share that with uh, all their face and, uh, friends and uh, family. And uh, we will see you all back hopefully next Monday at 12 p.m.